Hi, my name is Andrew Powell, and welcome to the Allcast. Today's podcast is with Chandra herself. Uh, Chandra is a mother, a psychonaut, a charismatic professional, and somebody who has an ocean of empathy for other people. She is very interesting to me and an energetic person who can hold great conversation. This is our introductory podcast together. Please welcome my friend Chandra. Hi, Chandra. Hi. My name is Andrew. I know. <laughs> I run this podcast, The Allcast. Welcome to The Allcast, where passion meets purpose and everything can be spoken about. Okay. Um, how did we meet? I met you at the you, river. Okay. I was going to say, you don't remember. I, my goodness. Um, well, I met <laughs> you at the river, but I didn't really like it was sometime later before i like really met you if that makes sense totally makes sense so initial contact was like five years ago maybe gosh has it been that long probably four or five years ago yeah yeah. i think that might be right yeah i met out at the river through some friends and um we saw each other here and there over the uh the following time Mm -hmm. until until what was the uh i think the the gathering at uh, the old house out in the desert, uh, Kaylee's Kaylee's house. Yeah. The gathering there is when we got a little bit more acquainted, and yeah. then um, uh, the hot springs is where we got even more acquainted. Yeah. And and um, the instruments played a big part in that. Yeah. The like musical instruments. Yeah, yeah, for sure. F- the flute and the didgeridoo. <laughs> yeah. And um, what else do we have up there? Some drums, horn, horn. Oh yeah, the uh, the ram's horn, or uh-huh. the, yeah. So we had a bunch of instruments on top of this hill in the middle of the desert in Arizona, and we were like playing the instruments, waiting, waiting for something to happen. And the ravens came and circled above us, and the the clouds came and blocked out the sun because it was super hot, and super thirsty. And then uh, waited for sunset, and a bunch of people came up for sunset, and we kept playing the instruments, and then had a moment of silence. And um, it was really beautiful up there. It's always really beautiful up there. So where are you from, Chandra? Um, originally, or where did I spend most of my life? <laughs> yes. Where okay. are you originally? Where were you born? I was born in Illinois. In what part of Illinois were you born Southern in? Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois. But not Chicago. But <laughs> <laughs> like okay. the sticks. Okay. Um, my grandparents had a farm, a uh, corn farm. Yeah. And so I, I grew up mostly on the corn farm. And it was a great way to grow up. And then I moved to California when I was, it was the summer I turned eight. Mm-hmm. And I lived there until I moved here. About six years ago. Okay. Yeah. And uh, did you like California better than Illinois? Um, in initially, no. It, it was it was really traumatic um, to move at that time. Um, but I, I grew to love California more than Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. How long did it take you before you got to that point? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. Um probably not very long but it I mean it, it was drastically different like you know I grew up in a cornfield you know basically and yeah. um and then I moved to Illinois and or uh, to California and it was like um I have this really vivid memory of being a little kid like running down the sidewalk and barefooted and it was like 80 and it was the summer and there was fireworks from Disneyland Oh, you're that close to Disneyland? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it was like palm trees, and I, you know, it was like, I mean, heaven for a kid. So so, um, that was pretty cool. Um, But, you know, I was like homesick for my family more than anything, I think. And then you moved here to Arizona uh, four years ago? Six. Six years ago. Yeah. Right on. And what uh, what brought you here? Oh, lots of things. Um, My, he's not bothering me. He can lick my feet. Okay. (laughs) Um, my, my job was, um, I was 
it was kind of like an option between not having a job or following the work because they were closing the mm. offices in California because it's really expensive and um, kind of simultaneously well it, it had been a long time coming but I was like um, I was married at the time and I was ready to to leave that relationship and um, it was kind of like well here you go like the universe just was like Oop, here you go here's your opportunity yeah. and because um, like there was California's it's it's hard to live there it's very expensive and um, it's hard for a two-income household let alone a single uh, you know myself and my my kids mm-hmm. um, so and um, my company paid for me to move and they took really good care of me so I kind of so it was kind of a godsend, it but was, also I kind of by force. Yeah, it was it was rough, too, at first, because I didn't know anyone here at all. Not um, a single person? No, I didn't wow. know anybody. Had you ever visited the state? Um, when I was very young. Um, and, well, I I went to the Grand Canyon very often, but that's totally different than yeah. here. Yeah, so. living in a city, for uh, sure. <clears throat> but let me think. I, I knew some people, like from Facebook but not personally yeah um, and uh, so yeah it was it was really lonely and um, <laughs> I, I moved here um, and the great flood of 2014 oh <laughs> yes I remember that yeah it was it was, uh, it was monsoon storm left the highways underwater yeah and yeah. there was like mosquitoes and uh, Palo Verde beetles like mosquitoes not like anything I'd ever ex- like they would wait for me to come out of my door oh, to yeah. just go to my car and they would like swarm me and, and where the food's at yeah <laughs> and and then the Palo Verde beetles would come up and I don't know what that was. It was horrifying. <laughs> yeah, those <laughs> are those are big ones, longer than an inch. Yeah, they're like the size of an adult male's forearm. I'm okay. exaggerating. Okay, okay, an adult male forearm. I was going to say that's a giant <laughs> beetle. I've never seen one that size. <laughs> You're looking at me like big, really? a couple, couple inches or so. Huh? They're huge and they're yeah. they they look like Satan's spawn. Like <laughs> they're really creepy. Well, so they have the big rhinoceros horn thing. I don't know if they had that. I don't know. I they can't were picture a Palo Verde beetle. Um, I I can't now either. I just remember being. I haven't seen one since. It oh, was no just. Kidding. I think like they were drowning, so they were coming out of the trees or the roots or whatever where they live. Yeah. And uh, they were horrific, and and it was cold too. That was the other th- and wet and like I was prepared for like hot, dry desert and. <laughs> and that was your first year here. That was my first like week here. Oh wow. Yeah, it was amazing like awesome it's a good welcome (laughs) it was incredible um it was not at all what i expected so i know you're uh, a giant tool fan (coughs) i am if that's the proper phrase to describe such a being sure it's one way to put (laughs) it um uh that singer one time in a concert said you come to the desert for one of two reasons to lose yourself or to find yourself yeah which one of those has it been for you? Definitely finding myself. Um, I came. I didn't come here for that though. I didn't know why I was coming here, yeah. and um, but it was like it was actually. I just had my um, my anniversary at work, and they asked me to share a story. And um, the story is not relevant, but um, but it, like the realization came to me as I was telling the story is that um, moving here. It was very traumatic, but it was the best thing that's like I ever could have done for myself ever. Mm. Um, definitely found myself here. Yeah, yeah. What was traumatizing about it? Just uprooting in general, or? Um, yeah. It was. I mean, oh gosh, I, like I don't even know how to answer that without like telling my whole life story. No, but you don't. You don't have to if you like to. We have plenty of time. But it's it, I. I had never been alone before, like ever. I had never been okay. completely on my own like that, I, which is weird to say because I had been alone, just not like that. <laughs> but yeah. um, it was, it was just just moved here. learning to be self reliant. I mean, it was everything. Like um, I'm trying to think of an okay. I have an example. I I bought this bookshelf and I because I, I had no furniture when I moved here. I just had like a mattress on the floor and a whole bunch of boxes, 
and it was really depressing. And um, I bought a bookshelf. That was the first thing I bought. And um, I was trying to put it together, and <laughs> it was like I had never really realized how much I relied on my dad. And you know, it was it was a stupid bookshelf, and I it took me three trips to Home Depot just to get the right screwdriver. Oh. And <laughs> it was um, it was very frustrating but like once I got it built it was it was so like victorious and empowering and kind of everything was that way of, at first and and now like um, I, I forget that like I'm so used to doing things myself for myself that when somebody else like tries to do something I'm like oh oh okay yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's surprising so in the absence of of any kind of a a father figure, a, a husband, or a man yeah. in, in your life—you had to kind of learn to fill in the gaps where they were previously doing those actions, building yeah. stuff for you, or setting things up. Or you had to educate yourself about tools. Uh, everything. I mean, so, so many so things. You had to start over from scratch by yourself with a child, and well, like my child didn't come with me. Um, oh. Yeah, she was. Uh, um, <clears throat> she stayed in California. Um, and so it was it was just me and that was hard too that was also probably really good for her also but it was it was hard on both of us but super close and I think it was you know good for her to learn to you know fly on her own a little bit and for me to learn how to fly on my own a little bit and how old was she at the time um gosh I think she was want to say she was mm, 18 or 19 oh okay <laughs> okay um, <coughs> so when you got out here how did you get plugged into a community how did you make friends or wh where did you start well actually I was um, so I, like I said I knew some people on Facebook but didn't actually know them and um, right before I moved I realized you know I had my my parents were helping me and I had some friends that were helping me to like, you know, load the moving van and sell everything in the house and, you know, all that stuff. And uh, my parents were going to drive the moving van and then I was driving my car with my cat and my dog and a gajillion plants. And, um, and so like I was all set to go and I was like, wait, like my parents are kind of old <laughs> and, and it's just the three of us. I'm going to need some help on the other end. So I was like, well, I'll make a Facebook post and see if anybody answers. And um, um, so I was like, you know, if anybody can help me that lives in the Phoenix area, I'd really appreciate it. I'd be happy to, you know, pay you whatever. And right away, Al, I don't, do you know Al? I've met Al briefly. Okay. Well, Al volunteered. And right so on. I met him the day that I moved here. Wow, and that's a good welcome. It, it was a good welcome. And um, he's he got me out to the hot springs and yeah, like it, it's really weird because we don't really have a lot of friends in common anymore we used to um it but he was definitely like the catalyst for me and and my only friend for quite a while too so yeah he That's was very beautiful. helpful um i got displaced once um kind of when i was 17 i I graduated high school when I was 16 and then joined the army uh, two months later when I turned 17 my parents signed the waiver for me to go and so um, <laughs> Sondo oh, attacking Chandra oh Aww. buddy <laughs> so uh, were you not getting any <laughs> I know a little bit of what it's like to restart and reset without knowing any people Except in this in this place, it's a kind of a forced. This is what you're gonna do at all these times a day. Oh my goodness, so you're a puppy. <laughs> yeah, he's such a puppy. <laughs> he's such a goof. Where's your ball? Where's your ball? Don't bite me. <laughs> Oh, I brought you a, a gift. I have a gift for you. Another one? Yeah. You just gave me one when you walked in. Yeah, but that was, that's like, um, I couldn't use it. Maybe you can. Uh -huh. This is this is actually a gift. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if I've, 
I think you give me a, at least one gift every time I see you. Do I really? <laughs> well, there's the honey, so and then there was the stone, and there was the... What else? There's this, been a handful of things. This is like a stone. It's a stalactite, and I thought you could use Ooh. one. <laughs> <laughs> this is a stalactite. Yeah. And it is shiny. It, like, it's crystal-y. Um, it's got they crystals. hang in caves, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, I know. yeah. Okay. Uh, where is this from? That is from, oh gosh, what's the name of that place? It's it's in Arizona in like the... Is, is it the big one in the south? Yeah, what is that? Karchner Caverns. Karchner. Karchner. That's the big one I that's underground. I think that might be it. The main one. It's by Tucson? Yeah. Well, it's past Tucson. Past Tucson. This may be past Tucson, yeah. It's past Tucson all on the way like toward Bisbee. Yes, it's on the way towards yes. Bisbee. Okay. That's it's from there. This is from there. Yes. Holy cow, I've been <laughs> inside those caves, and they are the most incredible, most miraculous things that I have They're amazing. I would pay a lot of money if I had the ability to go into those caves by myself and have them shut all the lights off and just sit there and listen because when i went on the tour in there they they showed us a couple different spots where there's water dropping yeah and that's what, what forms stalactites and yeah. stalagmites and um but they don't allow any kind of private tours at this time anything like that really but that place is absolutely a, a gem it is it's neat do you, what's I think is so cool about those is like it, like they'll just keep growing and do their own thing until they get touched. As soon as they touch, they're touched, then they stop growing. I didn't know that. Yeah, even if the like the water can keep dripping, that's why they don't let you touch anything in there. So the water still drips, but the sh the stone it doesn't grow stops anymore. getting shaped. Yeah. Wow. I know. Do so know, it's alive. Do we know why? Do people know why? I don't think they do. Huh. I don't know why. Well, that is fantastic. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Mm. I thought you'd like it. Yeah, I love <laughs> it. I love it. Would you like to talk about your history and... <laughs> like you have like a devious look. No, not devious. No, it's just ex it's exciting for me. Okay. I'm, I'm always fascinated Don't by... Don't my skirt. I'm um, dressed up for this. Plant medicines <laughs> and, and things of that sort. Like what's oh, your, yeah. What's your history behind that? How did you get connected to it? And what has it uh, shifted for you? Um. Okay, so... I had a little bit of experience um, prior to moving here. I'm trying to think of, I don't think I'd ever taken mushrooms prior to moving here. I think I had only used LSD. Uh, see, okay, so I think, um, I think really like connecting with the hippie community <laughs> was, was a big part of that, but um, I've, I had only had positive experiences, um, well, really ever, and um, so I was pretty open to. Um, Could you speak a little closer. To oh yeah, sorry. The, I good. thought the dog was eating my dress. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's his fault. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you got plugged into uh, a hippie. Yeah, I, I got plugged into the hippie community. Um, through the hot spring? Through the hot springs, uh -huh. through Al, um, which that whole, like, everything about that has evolved um, as much as or more than I have, um, <laughs> which is kind of interesting to have, like, witnessed that. Um, but I had only had positive experiences with... Uh, psychedelics so I was pretty open to you know trying different things mm -hmm. and um, and I still only had positive experiences uh, sometimes they're difficult um, but never like people talk about bad trips and that's not something that's relatable to me at all I, I've never had anything like horrific or, or felt like um, completely disconnected except for DMT that was a different story um, and really only one time that it was um, that when I came back I I literally couldn't speak I, I could all I could do was just sob for like 30 minutes I was just wrecked um, and it was almost demonic it was it was really an uncomfortable experience but that w that wasn't my first time nor my last time at dmt so thank goodness because i don't think i'd ever have done it again what makes you say it was demonic what what is that sensation or that experience like? <laughs> um 
Well, DMT is difficult to speak to because it's so another realm. It's another reality, I guess. Is um, and for myself, like I'm completely disconnected from my my physical body during I, the experience. During the experience, um, and this time, and I was. Um, I was still disconnected from my physical body, and yet, well, I went, okay, so I went to, I experienced what I believe was death, and it was just vast nothingness, it was nothing at all, just not, like, darkness, not light, um, it's kind of, um, it's an interesting concept, because you don't experience nothing. You know, <laughs> like yeah. in 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 this form ever. Yeah. Um, even even uh, even in silence and darkness, there's still kind of something. There's still something. Yeah. yeah. There's y like darkness is something. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, and silence is something, and so nothing was very. Um, it it was. It's like it's like the opposite of perceiving. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the right word for it because <laughs> it wasn't. That's a tough one. Yeah, it wasn't. Like the words that are coming to mind all have kind of a negative connotation, and it wasn't that way. It was, um, like, I want to say it was alarming. It was arresting, you know, but it wasn't negative. It was just that what it was. Yeah. And, um, but when and and i was kind of at peace with it like in that space of in that space it was nothing or not existence <laughs> that that was okay with me <laughs> um that was okay with me and um then the dmt started to wear off and i sensed myself coming back to my body mm -hmm. but there was something holding me there holding you in that nothingness space hold like literally physically holding me and um in that space but also like um like it hurt my it was my left arm and it hurt like mm -hmm. a lot mm -hmm. and um and I, I was kind of in this um this like I had this thought pattern where I was like uh, like I'm okay with being here though like because I felt like I needed to fight to come back to self and and I was like I don't really feel like putting forth that kind of effort and um because I'm okay with this and um I remember feeling like I I didn't really feel like putting forth the effort to come back to self I would have to fight for that and I was like but why um, but then I mean there's reasons I need like I have kids I need to be here and and I that was my 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 next thought and so like so then I'd like start to like struggle and like try to like bring myself back and um, and I don't know how else to describe it other than like an entity holding me down and it wasn't it was physical but it was also like you know on that DMT level too yeah so so did it feel like it was um, it was just a, a level of resistance of your own willpower of like oh I don't want to you know, no I don't want to fight for that so it felt like there was actively something that wasn't you pushing against you absolutely is, is, is it pushing against your spirit or is this pushing against your physical body because i remember you said both that you you were you were gone you were like out of body i was out of body mm -hmm. and it, so it wasn't until i was like you know transitioning back into self and and then i my i first noticed the um the sensation of being held in that space and it wasn't a physical thing but mm. it became a physical thing yeah, the yeah. more i came back to self mm -hmm. um and my arm my my arm from my shoulder to my wrist hurt for like days after that too wow i know it was really kind of eerie and was that muscular or was it was it the nerves or was it what part of your arm hurt? Did it was it hard to bend your arm, or was it just sore? The muscles hurt, but it also f and there wasn't any bruising, but it felt like I felt like I was bruised. It, it, I don't. It was. 
I know it sounds crazy. I it do. I realize it. It doesn't sound it. crazy to me. No. Okay. Uh, good. <laughs> no, it doesn't. So it, so it sounds to me like you were trying to re-enter your body to come back to the this plane, and then there was something holding you back from doing that, preventing you, wanted to keep you there or keep you away from here. Or, or I something. think that did it did want to keep me away from here, but I, I think... Um, I think that it was also like, what's it worth? Like, you know, what kind of effort is it worth? Because I I struggle with things sometimes. And I mean, I have reasons that I need to be here. And it's, you know, never an option to not be here and be present. Mm. But I mean, I think everybody has, you know, like suicidal thoughts from from time to time and bleakness and so, so forth. And I think it was really like, because um, I didn't have any effort to give, and it yeah, really was demanding an effort from me. Then you thought of your purpose, like your reason. I did. So. I thought of my. I thought of my child. Yeah. So your so your purpose is kind of the thing that anchored you here. Yes. And you having a purpose in this place. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, well, you 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 described it as a demonic thing. Now, did it seem like there was a like an ill-willed yeah. intention with this Yeah, this it, it seemed, okay. uh, um, I'm going to say this word wrong, uh, ma- malevolent? Uh, male- malevolent. Malevolent, okay. that's it, thank you. Right on. Yeah. Well, um, DMT, DMT. And it's it's funny that I'm like using that as like, you're, what you're I'm going to talk about start it, off. it's just that that was the the most intense DMT experience yeah. that I had. Um, I've I've had some others that were incredible and beautiful and you know just that was like just love. And in fact, prior to that um, experience, the 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 experience prior when I actually sometimes I can't launch. I have very like great difficulty actually launching. Like so. leaving your body. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, feel it right away, and it's, like, beautiful, and I, you know, get visuals, and, and you know, I get the sensations and stuff, but I can't get, through. like, yeah, I can't uh-huh. get through, and, yeah. and it's very difficult, so uh, the time prior to that that I was able to actually get through was just, like, this love fest, <laughs> and um, so I was, you know, really going into it expecting that again mm-hmm. <laughs> and it mm-hmm. was not that yeah. at all and it, it really kind of I, I feel like dmt kind of lifts the veil and um you know there's i hate to use the word evil because it it's it seems it, it smacks of religion to me but i don't um. know what else to call it like there's dark and you know light and there's um, there's a phrase, uh, a couple words that I've heard that is like um, resistance as being evil, like the thing you're fighting against. It's just it's resistance, and then I would say shadow. Shadow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So there's shadow. there's always opposites, you know. Right. In order to experience anything, we need to have that exactly. contrast. Yeah, you have to have a contrast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that it, like. I was showing that in very uh, graphic detail. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a lot of imagery this. associated with this experience when you're trying to come back in your body, or was it? No. No, it wasn't. No, it was just. I, I don't know. It, it seemed like death to me. Like it, it, it did. It seemed like all right. Well, this is what it's what death is like. It's so just you're, so you're like out of your body and you experience what you believe to be the experience of death and then you have to choose against death to come back to your own life so i I actually i I actually died once (laughs) like actually an actual um like you get uh zapped in the chest to get brought back almost the um i was in the hospital i had had just i had just had a surgery and um they had me hooked up to morphine and i like i had this button that i could push whenever like you know i was conscious or conscious or you know felt pain or whatever i could push this button and it had like a timer so that i couldn't give myself too much Mm -hmm. well it wasn't set right oh man and i and like i don't know if you've ever used i had morphine before no i have not it like time does not exist whatsoever Mm -hmm. you're just you know in this haze and so 
that and i liked it i liked it a lot so you're hitting that button as much as oh you could. yeah i was like do i don't want to feel nothing i just want to keep hitting this button so do every you, do you know what the duration of the timer is supposed to be normally i have i don't even probably know. depends on the operation i think it depends on like it's you know calculation like body oops sorry body weight and um you know all this age whatever yeah. um but in any case um I just I just wanted like hit me again hit me again every yeah. time I like kind of came to a little bit I was like nope I don't want to be here yet question yeah now were you hitting the button because you were trying to get away from pain or were you hitting the button because you're trying to go toward a, se a certain sensation the going. sensation for so, sure so you're going toward that sensation of what it feels like to be on morphine as opposed to hitting it to escape the feeling of pain I didn't have an opportunity to like really experience that pain i knew there was pain there but the morphine was on board like when i came to woke up right okay. so and i it did it but hitting that button was not about the pain it was definitely about like this shit's good yeah, <laughs> yeah i liked okay. it a lot um opiates are something that i i know to like for myself that's something i can never really play with <laughs> yeah you gotta stay away from it yeah it can be dangerous for i had sure. a friend who was addicted to opiates for a long time and, and he ended up moving into heroin and, and passing yeah. away from, from yeah. using that and um, it would be the end of me for sure yeah no question yeah it's interesting this uh actually after i saw you last week at the river i um i was out longboarding with my dog and ended up wrecking and having to go to the er for my shoulder I, uh, yeah, that day after that Friday. <laughs> yeah, so so we were going really really fast in the parking lot over here at the park. We go up a wheelchair ramp and then atop the sidewalk over into the grass. Going down into the grass, the wheel catches and I start sailing through the air, and I come down and um, land shoulder first mm -hmm. like a spear. And um, it was the most excruciating pain that I've ever experienced. I couldn't move the whole shoulder arm area um, I was in shock and it was it was it was really it was the worst physical pain I've ever experienced I couldn't believe it yeah um, long story short they put me on uh, hydrocodone and send me away from the hospital to go see a specialist in a few days and I took those those pills for a couple of days and at like the beginning of the, the second day I I was like, oh, this isn't good. Yeah. This isn't good. So and you know right away, too. And what sucks is, cause, is that, like, that kind of pain, it warrants something, you know, useful against it. So it's necessary. But at the same time, like, it's more than just fixing the pain. There's something in your head that's like, oh, yeah, I like yeah, that a lot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, it, it has its place yeah. for the for the physical pain, but for sure, the, but it's the mind dangerous. likes to latch on to that. Absolutely. Oh, this is a consistent ability to feel really good, good. really good, consistently. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> well, that's just it. It's 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 so false too, because I mean, yeah, for the moment, but it, like that doesn't it doesn't last like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I. I cut the pills on the second or the third day and haven't touched them since just been doing the anti-inflammatories and the, some good uh, willpower the, the good old-fashioned rso that's that's good stuff too yeah yeah very helpful yeah anti-inflammatory get some turmeric in there turmeric's good mm -hmm. Do, are you better um well or, yeah. did it dislocate like what it, they they said it dislocated at first as i'm walking down the hallway and then doctor comes in and looks at it and he says he thinks that the ligament is torn and the x-ray guy takes x-rays doctor examines the x-rays comes back says that yeah i was right it's a type 2 or a level 2 tear or, or a separation Ugh. and um That's awful separation's bad it was when i looked at myself in the mirror i could see my right shoulder hanging down like an inch or mm -hmm. more um from my left and it's definitely still painful and sore I went and did a float, uh, the f sensory deprivation. I did that um, yesterday morning, and that was that was really helpful. Um, 
but it's still painful. I, I use a sling off and on right now. Mm-hmm. The uh, shoulder specialist actually said that uh, he looked at the x-rays and he says there's nothing wrong. And I'm like, what? So, but he didn't, he didn't order an MRI or, or anything like that. And so... I mean, obviously, it's, there's something wrong if it hurts. Things that, don't just hurt when there's nothing wrong. And it's not even just that it hurts. Like, of course, hurting is one thing, but it hurts. And when I rotate it in certain ways, there's excruciating pain. And the, uh, the, the ligament or the bone, something's rubbing on something inside that joint that it shouldn't be. Yeah. So I'm using the sling off and on and got a second opinion to try and get me an MRI. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you that need goes, so. That's I know. You I, can I feel asked, rubbing. I asked the doctor today. I said, "Is it is it not your standard practice to get an MRI for that?" And she said, "No." And I was like, really surprised because there's a lot of little delicate stuff in there. Yeah. It, if you can feel the rubbing, that might be like cartilage. So yeah. Like a car- little, like even a little tiny piece of cartilage can break off. Um, my ex-husband had to have. Uh, laparoscopic knee surgery because that happened to his knee. I know. I don't want to like put that in your head, but oh, like, oh no, it's okay. It's a, um, you gotta insist on like. I get a good mental shield. Thank you though. <laughs> I'm working on it. But yeah, he had to have knee surgery. Yeah. So what is it called? Like what scopic? Laparoscopic. Laparoscopic, and what is that? Um, it's when they just make little tiny incisions, and then they go in with like robotics and a camera. So it's it's way less invasive, and the healing time is way faster. Awesome. Yeah. So, but you've got to insist on doctors. Don't just. I. Oh my god. I don't even want to get started you on the whole medical thing. You got a rough thing. doctor story? Oh, we don't have to get started <laughs> on the medical thing. If we get if we go down that road, there's going to be some upsetness. All I need to say is you have to be your own advocate and, yeah. like, be insistent and be a pain in the ass and a Karen. Yep. Like, you have to. There's no way to get the care that you need nope. without being a, a, you know, jackass, really. I mean, Yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're not very inclined to... to to push you and see are you sure is this the only place it hurts right yeah yeah you got to definitely be your own advocate yeah There's, at the shoulder specialist place i i had to you know stop them they were like halfway out the door while they're still finishing their sentence and i couldn't even barely get a word out and it's ridiculous i got moved through the system like super quick but they didn't hear what i had to say they, no they didn't want care. to hear what i had yeah to say. there's no care it's like you're a yeah, it's, it's, it's money and numbers. Healthcare provider. What yeah, are you that's, doing? that's your sole purpose. But since it's run by insurance, it's like... Argh. It is. I actually had a surgeon tell me that, like, the, the insurance decides what the surgery is going to be. And I lost my shit. I was like, yeah. the hell it does. The hell it does. Yeah. They, you are the surgeon. You're the doctor. And, like, in this case, it was my child is the patient. It's your decision. Yeah. Yeah, the insurance people aren't here examining They might make me. a decision what they're going to pay for, mm-hmm. but that has nothing to do with this conversation. Right. We didn't. I was like, you're not touching my kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I couldn't believe he said he actually said that out loud. I'm sure that that's just you get how it, re- it is. But did, did you get it resolved doing the surgery that, that was needed? a different surgeon. Uh, it's coming up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right on. Well, best of luck with that. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> medical yeah. industry yeah oh the, i was telling you so i was um i had had surgery and i was hitting that morphine button and i overdosed and oh yes and you was, almost died yeah <laughs> you, and you really did die i did well i did they they were when i like i had to fight like it was sheer force of will and it was like i remember feeling like so peaceful and just being like oh my gosh it takes and I knew like things were like shutting down I could feel like my organs and stuff and I was like yeah that takes way too much energy to like you know breathe and Mm. (laughs) and like for your heart to pump I mean it's an involuntary muscle they say but bullshit I say because like I made it pump start again yeah i was like no 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 no." because back then my kids were just little like i want to say probably two and three and i was like oh no 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 
like this is nice but like I'm a mom <laughs> and so like I, I fought to like you know get things working again and when like I started to like kind of come back they were in there with a crash cart like ready to like shock me and stuff and it was almost like okay I'm, I'm here <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't electrocute me please yeah <laughs> Ooh, I've never been shocked like that that is that is incredible that you it, were aware yeah that you were not that your body was offline yeah well I was aware that I was aware of the lack of effort and how pleasant that was to not have to make like you know we're going around all the time you know day and night even when we're sleeping we're like putting all this energy into being alive yeah. like it takes a lot to be alive and um and when you don't have to do all that it's it's pretty pleasant <laughs> so yeah. you know, it's it's like a relief you yeah, know it's like taking like, off a really big heavy backpack you've been carrying for yeah, a long time yeah yeah i mean it's uh, it's similar to like you know working an 80 hour week and then going on a vacation you know oh, <laughs> you're just like relief. Oh, this, i don't want to go back to that you know oh, <laughs> right about it. yeah. it's work and it's effort so, so was this before the dmt experience it was years and years and years before so the experience itself of you know it was dying, very similar yeah very similar it was very similar but um when that happened in the hospital there was it wasn't nothing like i i didn't get that far i i, I think that's where it was headed but i didn't mm. get that far and um there's no resistance for you coming back when it comes to your left arm in the morphine experience right there was nothing trying to hold me there or anything like that it was it was it was just willpower yeah. like it was just a matter of like summoning up the willpower to like take a breath make yeah. your heart pump you know um and and with the dmt it was it was different because like well first of all my kids aren't little anymore you know they're grown mm -hmm. so it wasn't like that urgency like a mom i have to be there i mean i did yeah, but yeah. not in the same way yeah um they're not dependent on me um so i i don't think i made as much of an effort initially it wasn't like a you know lawing my way back kind of thing it was just like oh well all right i'm coming back to solve and 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 then like you know with that entity I'll just call it an entity mm -hmm. um like trying to keep me there and then i was like oh and then i like i had to really think about like do i care and then it, but it like with that sense of it not being a friendly entity that made me like anything that it wanted i didn't mm -hmm. <laughs> you know so, yeah yeah if yeah. it like left to my own devices if that entity had been removed i don't know that you would have fought as hard right yeah. i don't know that i would have felt that like all right i gotta fight yeah okay yeah which is so can we talk about death oh yes okay and like where what happens after death so I'm 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 a I'm an I don't knowist like I'm not any <laughs> like yeah. um, I I I I spent some time in a cult that was Christian based and I was very um, like brainwashed into that and and I was still I was out of that element at the time that. Um, when are you writing a note cult i am writing a note <laughs> <laughs> that usually that usually gets some attention um, mm -hmm. <laughs> um i was out of that element when I, you know that incident with the hospital but a lot of that was still in my head and it's it's interesting how like when you get indoctrinated like that um how old were you um it was my last two years of high school so 16 to 18. Mm. Um, and I was like my whole early life um, on and off was you know various forms of Christianity was is a prominent part of my childhood my growing up um, but the cult was on a whole different level mm -hmm. and uh, so I remember like um, like when that happened really kind of thinking about like 
I had never considered that when you die, there might be nothing. I, I thought, well, you go to heaven or you go to hell. Yeah. Um, or maybe you get, maybe you come back and do it all over again. You yeah. Know? There's um, always this idea that there is something afterward. There's something afterward. Uh-huh. Like, in, in, you know, fast forward to, you know, the last, you know, several years, and you know that we're all energy, and so, like, energy doesn't stop. It has to go somewhere, so where does it go? But, I mean, I went nowhere. There, like, it, it was nowhere. It was it's nothing. It's like a dissolving, like a dissolving, <laughs> like a dissolving a dissolution into nothing. Well, because you didn't. What's <laughs> interesting is because, like, my conscious, my conscience. Your consciousness? Consciousness, thank you. Uh-huh. My consciousness was there. Yeah. It yeah, was it, just in nothing. Yeah, you're aware. So maybe but there's like a holding tank of nothingness. I mm, don't know. I like that. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you're aware, but you're, 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 there's no awareness of your body because it's not there. The body wasn't, yeah. It, the body was so not a part of my reality. That Were you aware of sound? No, but, okay, this is, that's a really great question because, okay, so it was, um, the trip sitter. I had a trip sitter, um, and which is because I can't launch by myself. I, like my body doesn't want to do go? things. No, it doesn't want to like like I can't continue to to oh. smoke the DMT because my body won't cooperate with me. Yeah, yeah, it stops I, operating. Like, I separate from it first. Yeah, I'm very not attached to my body apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Um, so I had a trip sitter, and which is you know how I actually was able to launch. And this trip sitter was playing music, and it was. Are you familiar with Fever Ray? Is that an artist? Yes. No, I'm not. Okay. Well, he was playing Fever Ray, and this that this album and this particular song have been like super uh, it, like special to me um uh, well it was already but n- even more <laughs> like, what's the name of the song um okay so well, i want to tell you the words of okay. the song because um yeah so um it like the, i believe that the music was playing the whole time but i had no awareness of it until i started to come back to self and she was singing about um i'm not done yet and um and it, it was like, it was very helpful, <laughs> very very helpful, and like to to come back because I was like, yeah, I'm not done yet. Like, no, this is a separate experience from the demonic one. No, this is the this demonic is during one. That one. This okay. is like at the end of it when I'm trying to come back and I'm okay. like fighting, and she's she's singing about. Um, You're not done yet. I'm not done yet, and um, and I was like, yeah, 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 and because uh, that was absolutely correct. I am so not done yet <laughs> so, yeah. so w- what are you not done with living i love being alive I, I know i just said like you know i don't know 10 20 minutes whatever it was ago that you know i, I like struggle sometimes and i think really everybody does i think a lot of us do that yeah. i do and, and you have like those you know times where it's just it feels very hopeless and yeah. you know, your mind starts to like you know think about things and and uh, instead of in, in a proactive, well, I guess that's why I can't even say it's not proactive, but um, but I do. I love being alive. It's like such an adventure. And yeah. like people talk about like past lives. I'm pretty sure this is my first time because everything <laughs> is so like new and shiny and like cool. Yeah, you have, a, you have a vibrancy and a curiosity that most people don't walk around yeah. with. Yeah. Which it, is something I'm basically else. a four-year-old and then an adult. <laughs> <laughs> why? 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 So, so, so as far as when was your first introduction to any kind of like plant medicine? Was it like weed as a teenager was it oh gosh okay so um when i was 13 i had a joint to myself so you're in california at this i was point. in california <laughs> <laughs> and um and i i mean i was really just so naive and innocent and didn't know shit which is funny considering like the reality i grew up in and the neighborhood and whatnot but um yeah, so I had this joint, and I remember sitting at the... It was my 
current, now he's my stepdad. At the time, he wasn't my stepdad. My mom was dating him. And um, I was sitting on the fence in, the fr in front of the house, and I had this joint, and, and I was like, huh. I was, like, nervous about it, but I was like, well, whatever. So, like, I smoked it. And, you know, it's, back then, it wasn't like weed is now. <laughs> like, you could smoke a joint, and it wouldn't, like, wreck you. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like I'm a one-hit wonder. It's, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's so much stronger. <laughs> yeah. And I've actually, like, never really had a... A strong relationship with marijuana that's n just not my medicine I appreciate it but it's it's not mine what is yours um, mushrooms okay yeah for sure when was the first time you were exposed to mushrooms I, I see there <laughs> I think that it was since moving to Arizona but there may have been one time I just I Nothing. I can't remember for sure. Nothing real extreme that obviously sticks out to you. No. Uh, well, I had I had done acid a few like, oh, maybe ten times um, prior to when I moved out here. So that's why I'm like, I'm not sure if one like in one of those trips I had mm -hmm. mushrooms instead of acid. I just kind of can't remember. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, acid was really like my my um initiation i guess you know it was my go-to and i got really comfortable with it like where i could you know i knew if i was starting to like you know my thoughts would go south or whatever i could like bring them back and redirect them and interestingly marijuana so you, le you learned so that's an important thing right there you learned, it is you learned on lsd that I'm in control of my mind. That you're in control of your mind. And my thoughts. And your thoughts are starting to send your trip, your experience in, in one a direction. Negative, that, yeah. that, in a you negative direction. Redirect that. And then you choose to start thinking about something else and it yeah. pulls that away. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy because that translates into everyday life. It does. Right. Most I, of the time. I think whoever, you know, whatever yeah. for like plant medicine and, and psychedelics, like they've done so much for me they've yeah. been such a positive thing and like really kind of thank god for albert hoffman and i think mm -hmm. albert hoffman for lsd yeah okay i'll thank <laughs> albert hoffman yes there you go. thank albert hoffman for lsd mm. i'm gonna start using that instead of thank god <laughs> thank albert hoffman people will be like who <laughs> <laughs> you don't know the hoffmaster what's wrong with you <laughs> but interestingly marijuana like like marijuana if I can't or I'll, I'll call it cannabis um, cannabis can of bliss can of bliss uh. um, I don't have that same ability as with acid sure let's do this um, I don't have that same oh thank you I remember uh, one time <laughs> this is a cool pipe it is oh yeah hang on I'm gonna use my fire you got special it. fire? I do. Cool. I really like my pocket fire. It's a sweet purse. I don't know if it's a basket or a It's purse, a basket. <laughs> and it's, it's, it is cool. That's awesome. It's, um, it's made of reeds. They made it in Africa. Wow. And um, it's like you can. That's amazing. It's waterproof. Like you can put it in, yeah. submerge it in water. Yeah. And, like, and it's not going to deteriorate it. No. And That's you can nuts. hang it up to dry and like. I have many baskets like this in different sizes and stuff because I just I love them and you like, get them all from the same place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. the farmers market downtown. Okay, uh, Michael and uh, his mama goes to Africa and buys these and brings them back and they sell them there and cool. like well I'll go like today I went and got some creosote after the storm this morning nice. went and gathered some creosote and just like I can rinse it in the sink in the basket and like you know get it all clean and then bundle it up and hang it to dry oh, yeah <laughs> think of that <laughs> so I this is my pocket fire creosote is my favorite I remember I saw yeah. the pocket fire at mm -hmm. the river oh I'm still I think it's the fan yeah creosote Cre creosote is one of my favorite plants it smells like uh, desert rain it does I sell it on Etsy for four dollars and forty four cents. You sell it on Etsy? Yeah, I had oh, cool. I had an order for two bundles and that's why I went and gathered it. Plus it had just rained, so it's like perfect. <laughs> oh, marijuana, I was gonna say. <laughs> that's gonna get me really chatty, by the way. Which I guess 
Okay. Perfect. <laughs> so. So you're talking about marijuana. I don't have the same. Well, I, now I have a better relationship with it, but I never had the same relationship, like the same ability to redirect my thoughts and that's why I never liked it for a long long time because it would get me in my head and I'd start like I remember when it was I was still married my kids were still fairly young and my ex-husband smoked weed sorry cannabis every single day that I knew him we were married for a long time (laughs) so it was like it was just part of life and um, but you didn't use it throughout that time not really every so often I would but like my history like it was it was not an okay thing to do and I was a mother and like my kids you know like I start I would start getting like all these thoughts and it was oh it was horrible I'd be like thinking you know I'm I'm supposed to take care of my kids and now I'm like over here getting high and I like like can't deal with them and so like I'm not a good mom and like it would just spiral like just bad and I'd just be beating myself up and and you know then I'd be like okay I want this to end and it doesn't just go away Mm -hmm. you know you can't just be like okay I'm sober now (laughs) it's like you're on you gotta wait you gotta write it out and uh remember one time my ex-husband gave me an edible Uh-oh. yeah and uh and so i i took it we we both took edibles we both took it and then he was like um i'm i'm gonna run the jack-in-the-box and uh grab something to eat and i was like okay so like we're, we're sitting in our bed upstairs and i think we're watching tv or whatever and he leaves and like time's passing and he's not back and like I am freaking the fuck out because like in my head now he is dead on the side of the road and the cops are going to come any minute knock on the door and I am fucked up I can like I don't even know if I can get downstairs answer the door and then they're going to take my kids and I mean like yeah and so like he finally right he finally comes back and I'm like I'm on the bed in fetal position just sobbing. <laughs> like, I was wrecked. Oh, man. He was like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, you were dead and the police were taking my kids. Like, <laughs> do you know how much he gave you? I don't know, but I'll never, I haven't done edible since. Oh, I'll never do it again. You've never done edible since no. and you won't do it Fuck again? No. no. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. Okay. No, well, like one hit so of, of like smoking it is good. That it's, okay. it's almost too much. Yeah, I, I totally s- understand that. I'm incredibly sensitive <laughs> when it comes to things like that. I have had uh, some pretty scary experiences on edibles as well. Mm. I left my body, but I was watching it from afar, and it was in a bubble, and it was like uh, it was it was very weird, and it really really upset me. Yeah, I was. It was the first time I'd ever had like a real clear out of body out of body experience, and that that messed with me for a while, but. The first time I used cannabis was when I was 22. I'm 29 now. Throughout that time, I have experienced that there is a major difference in the high of... I don't know why it's always called a high. It's not... You don't always feel high. There's a shift. That's just it. Like, I feel different. And I I like to get high, but it doesn't always make you high. Right. Yeah. And I don't like the rest So there's a difference in... There's a Mm -hmm. difference in the feeling of smoking cannabis and eating cannabis. Yeah. So I have had some really, really beautiful, creative flow experiences after eating cannabis. But the majority of the times that I have ever smoked it, it has led me to like a like a hyper reflective state to the point of you yeah. know, where that guilt comes in or right. that, that anxiety about yes. things that haven't even happened. So, yes. So... And that, see, I think, like, I think that that's why, like, now my relationship with cannabis is, like, it's a moderation thing for me, for sure. But it's, like, I don't go to that place. And I think at the time, I wasn't okay with myself. And it just, it's a mirror. And the mirror is not always, like, pleasant. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I feel you there. That the, um... The most profound experiences I've had with cannabis have been with edibles and 
what that has done for me because I, I started to measure it out after I had that first yeah. time. I was yeah. like, okay, I'm starting with five or 10 or 25 milligrams and then I'm going to gauge that, see how it feels and go from there. So some of the more powerful experiences I've had have been things like um, yoga on edibles or, or it's not even, okay. so it's like there's the idea that yoga is a certain set of poses that you just, oh, I'm going to go stand on this mat and do this shape now. But what really, what yoga is, is when it comes through you and it's not something that you choose to go stand on a mat and do an exercise. It's like if I eat enough edibles without fail, the yoga will come through and it'll force me to inhale and slowly mm. stretch mm -hmm. and it'll force me into this position and and hold it and then flex my flex my whatever muscle and 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 it's like an automatically brings this like physiological release of tension yeah and i get that it's so nuts it's it's i get that i get totally. that. it's like the yawns with um, mushrooms, mushrooms. Uh -huh. yeah it's like that yeah you're right? just you're just like, like I have expressing to a lot as the plant <laughs> is like guiding you to express mm -hmm. and you have to trust that It's crazy. I, it is. It's been a, a love and fear dynamic for me a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> it, well, I mean, they're all teachers. You yeah. know, that's just it. It's like, oh, this guy was, like, talking about, like, okay, so I, I have so many things to tell you. I told you that would make me chatty. Okay. So, <laughs> you're like, whatever. I don't care. I got to. Okay, so I love talking to you. I said something to this guy about uh, he was like, "Oh, what are you doing for whatever?" And I was like, well, "Me and my shaman are gonna go go do." Wait, 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 wait. we gotta be more specific. <laughs> what are you doing for whatever? So I don't remember. He was asking. He was me, asking like, what you're doing for a certain. I want to say it was Valentine's Day, except I know it wasn't Valentine's Day. It was like, like you know, he was about to ask me like, "Do you want to go do something?" But he's like, "What are you doing on whatever?" Date. Oh, so he's like asking scheduling questions. Yes. Got you. Okay. <laughs> what are you doing for whatever? I don't remember what it's for. Uh -huh. um, but anyway, the answer was I'm going to do whatever it was I was doing with my shaman. And he was like, oh, you're shaman? You mean you're a drug dealer? And I was like, no. Bitch, I don't please. fucking mean my drug dealer. Yeah. I, it pissed me off so bad. <laughs> I can't even tell you. I was... And my son asked me. <laughs> so this person had no idea what they were... What you... Did, like what, what does that mean yeah, yeah yeah it was just it was so condescending too oh it just made me so mad and then my son like separately my son asked me something about like i don't really know what a shaman is and i was like well my son's a christian which blows my fucking mind yeah like you didn't raise him to be that way no no <laughs> no <laughs> like that's a whole nother um, a branch well we don't yeah. have to go on that tree that's another tree it looks like <laughs> yeah I mean for the most part no um, alright so who is this guy asking you about what you're doing for what oh god I, I, dude like he doesn't even matter oh there was no, <laughs> no, that, no, no that was I the know, end of the story that was in well so I, like it was just the condescending condescending thing about the shaman and then like separate occasion my son asked me he was like i don't really know what a shaman is and i was like uh, the best way i can describe it to you is i think that's what a pastor is supposed to be mm. except they're also your friend and he was like huh <laughs> oh man <laughs> well because i mean a pastor is supposed to be like um a spiritual guide yeah. and, and a like kind of a guardian like yeah. care about you and yes. nurture you and they don't but I whatever have, i've had some experiences that are different than that that i would never say that all pastors don't, don't i know care. i i know that's true it's just the majority of them are in that profession because they believe that they're doing the right thing and that they're empowered by god to help people and they actually do help people a lot but the the caveat i think that we I probably share this we, we probably share this is that is that the only difference between the way I think we feel about it and the way they feel about it is like, I'm helping you because I'm right instead of just to help you. Well, I mean, but doesn't Do everybody think they're right or what's the point of talking about it? Like, damn. <laughs> I mean, nice. seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So they, 
so maybe maybe ulterior motive is the way to put it like well i'm helping you because god or because jesus says to to no i I mean i guess we've just had really different experiences yeah yeah we got to talk about your your cult christianity oh my goodness we don't have to it's we can (laughs) but can i can we have a break first totally okay okay And there we have it. That is actually the end of the first episode with Chandra. Thank you so much, Chandra, for coming on, for having some good conversations about a wide range of topics. Um, Until next time, everybody, this is the AllCast. In conclusion, last week, last podcast, the challenge for me was a focal point, and the focal point was going to be to create a schedule and a budget. I did not accomplish both of those. I did make a schedule, a very detailed, specific schedule. This next week, we'll be focusing on the budget. And the schedule, I made it. It looks good, but I haven't stuck to it. I haven't adhered to it barely at all. I'm glad I got it complete, but I need to actually wake up on time, set the timer, do the activities, listen to the timer end, do the next activity, and carry it forward. So this upcoming week, I'm going to formulate a budget, a savings plan, and focus on keeping sticking, excuse me, sticking to this to the schedule. And um, that is my challenge to you. If you do not have anything going on with your budget, if you don't have a budget, if you don't have a way to regulate your money, your financial energy, then maybe create one, find a structure, formulate a structure. Build it from the ground up. If you already have one, maybe you can tweak some things, save some money here, um, and buy it. I I don't know. Do what you're going to do, but do something this week to improve your financial state. Maybe you have to go play music on a corner. Blessings to all of you. I'm Andrew Powell.